Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll Midnight Hour, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Memphis Grizzlies. Final score, 113-97. What a night. What a fun night for this Nuggets team. This was really important for them to get it done on national TV in front of a big crowd, and they absolutely delivered. Clinched that head-to-head tiebreaker, as you see on the bottom of the screen, and it's really exciting to see them kind of get into this flow that you knew they needed to get into for a team like this, and I'm really excited to be able to talk about it with everybody. Uh, Yeah, that's the way to do it. The way we do it, Ja, I'm finding the West Morant. Uh, Tyler, you're on one right now. That I think it's very apt, given that Ja didn't exactly have a great game tonight. Uh, turnstile Nikola Jokic helped hold him to 8 of 20 from the field and obviously didn't have much of an impact in the second half. 5555-ish uh, says, where's Swipa? Swipa is going to be on the Sunday show. Uh, I know that a lot of people are excited about the addition of Swipa to the program. He is going to be on the Sunday show. We are going to record that at noon. So for our international audience, hopefully that is a a friendly window to be able to hop in and enjoy. Swipe and I are going to go over a whole bunch of things. We're going to get into all the, the narrative discussion and everything like that. But we're really excited to debut that. We've got a lot of fun things planned. He's probably going to be on once or twice a week with me going forward. So we're really excited about that, but thanks for the question. Thanks for asking. Good good promo. Good promo for the pod going forward. Uh, but what a win, folks. What a win. The crowd at Ball Arena was electric tonight. You could get the sense at the very beginning of the game that, holy hell, the crowd wanted it. Everybody was in their seats. Everybody was booing the Grizzlies right off the bat. The energy was building. And the top popped off the building several times tonight. The first time it really did was when Jeff Green had that chase down block in the second quarter. Holy cow, was that a great play. And it's just really, really exciting to be able to do this and and to be able to uh, see Jeff Green get back into the rotation and make a big impact. It was really, really cool. Tyler Livingston asks, uh, better atmosphere this win or the Christmas Day win versus Phoenix? I don't know. That's a really, really tough question. I think that... Both of these games were were important. I think the crowd hated the Suns more, if that makes any sense. I think that they wanted that one more. But I thought that the – oh, man. I mean, they were both fantastic. It was just like 
two of the best crowds of the year, two of my favorite days of this Nugget season, I would say. Uh, just really, really, really fun. Uh, but no, this was great. Uh, Alan says felt great in ball tonight. I totally agree. Uh, I met some fans tonight who I've uh, been interacting with for a little bit here, and they were they were in very enjoyable, having a grand old time, and I, I think everybody was just waiting to bask in the glory of, of what this season has been for these Nuggets. Uh, I definitely think that, and Hurricane, I see you, good word. Uh, I, I definitely think that this was one of those games where the crowd had all of the belief in the world. Because the Nuggets were 28 and 4 going into it at home. They knew that the Nuggets could do it. They knew that the Nuggets were shooting poorly. There was a, definitely some antsiness going on at the beginning of the game when Denver started the, the time. 0 of 11. 0 of 11. And I think, gosh, who was it that got it kicked off? I think it was Bruce Brown, actually, who made that first three. Really, really big three to kind of break the ice. And Denver didn't really shoot well. They didn't shoot well in this game at all. They shot 26% from from three, 8 of 31. And yet they still beat the Grizzlies by 16. That to me, we're going to talk about that a little bit in the third segment. That to me says so much about this team and what they can do. Even when the chips are down, even when things aren't going particularly well. Uh, But let's get into it. We got to start with the main man himself, Nikola Jokic. 35 minutes tonight. 18 points, 18 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double. The Nuggets are now 25-0 and 0 when Nikola Jokic records a triple-double. And boy, does he like make it look easy sometimes. It's been amazing to watch him this year just because you know he's got something special in the bag every time you go to ball, every time you go to see him. And, and he doesn't really like – you knew that he was very – ready for this game. He got the scoring off and and got everybody started with 10 points in that first quarter. Denver didn't really play that great in the first quarter. They gave up some easy points. Uh, the, The offense, the flow wasn't necessarily great, particularly because of the shooting. But Jokic himself was absolutely on a mission, got uh, kept Denver in it for much of the, the early portions of this game. And the rebounding was what really stood out to me. I'm pretty sure he had nine rebounds at half and then finished with 18. You know every single time that when Jokic, like when, when he wants to win a game, when he knows that a game is really, really important, the first thing that he tries to do himself is not scoring, it's not passing, it's rebounding. His rebound numbers go through the roof in must-win situations, and tonight was no different. 18 rebounds and clearing those possessions is such a big deal. Uh, the Grizzlies as a whole had 10 offensive rebounds, and yeah, they, they got some. They definitely had opportunities to to grab those offensive rebounds, but Jokic getting 18 by himself is a really big storyline to me. And one of the reasons why his defense is underrated the way that it is, Michael Malone today had the quote of the presser. Let me see if I can just pull it up here real quick from my my tweets. Um, He said, if you watch that game and say Jokic is a negative defender, a bad defender, I think you should pee in a cup. Obviously, implying that somebody's drugged up because they don't believe that. And I think that is a very strong way of phrasing it. But Michael Malone's been on a heater lately. So you you give him a slide on that for sure. It was a great quote. And I think that what Jokic did tonight 
in this game against John Morant was really, really impressive. Ja's going to get his. There's no doubt about that. But he did have multiple threes tonight. It wasn't like some of those baskets weren't in the paint. He went two of three. He did go nine of 11 from the free throw line and, and obviously had a great game, 27 and 10. But shooting eight of 20 and then generally slowing down a little bit. Xavier Tillman didn't have as good of a game as he did previously. Jaron Jackson wasn't getting where he wanted to go all the time. Dylan Brooks didn't shoot as well. Desmond Bain didn't shoot as well. The entire Nuggets defense was fully engaged, and Jokic is at the center of that. I know, like, uh, we talked to Michael Porter after the game, and he gave credit to KCP and Aaron Gordon, who are the guys that really tie the starting lineup's defense together. But he also said, yeah, absolutely. Jokic is an underrated defender. He's a good defender. The way that he plays and the way that he grabs rebounds, he anchors the defense and he does it in such a way that, yeah, this is twice in a row that the Nuggets have had, when they've had Memphis at home, have held them under 100. That's a big deal against a really, really good Western Conference team. Like, I don't know if they're the best Western Conference team, second best Western Conference team, uh, fourth best, whatever you want to paint it as. I think Denver's the best in the West, obviously, but Memphis is one of the very best. And John Morant is a guy that Jokic should struggle with and sometimes has struggled with. I don't want to dismiss that entirely. But when he is engaged, when Jokic is engaged, he played at the level tonight. He blitzed John Morant a little bit and moved his feet really well. I thought that he did a great job against John. I think Michael Malone said the same thing. Really, really exciting to see Jokic lock in on the defensive end. And obviously, he didn't shoot as much as he probably could have. Uh, The way that Memphis defends, they shrink the floor so much that they make it really hard for you to score Uh, Denver just had to space them out. That's what they had to do. And Jamal was probably the best guy to be able to do that and break down the defense. But I think that the way that Jokic approached tonight was fantastic. I think he did exactly what the team needed to do. And they are now 25-0 when he records a trip dub. Jamal Murray, 37 minutes, 22 points, 8 of 19 from the field. Uh, This was initially not a Jamal Murray game. This was initially a game where he was bothered by the physicality of Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks talked to him right at the end of the half, let Jamal hear uh, how much he was in Jamal's grill and, and not letting him get free. He was in his skin, basically, not letting him get shots off. And Jamal was struggling. I don't know what his initial line was. I think it was uh, five points on eight shots or something like that. He just wasn't getting going. And it clearly made Jamal mad. Uh, he said after the game that he doesn't let the slow starts kind of dissuade him, dispel him from playing his own game. And you can see why in that second half where the team absolutely needed him to take over. They needed him to be the dude. And he was the dude. He was absolutely very, very impressive. He went right at Dylan Brooks on those possessions, got free first possession of the third quarter. He got three uh, free for a three off of good off-ball movement. And then drew a foul on Dylan Brooks, uh, shot in his face a couple times. And then, as you saw in the thumbnail of this video, screaming in Dylan Brooks's ear uh, as they're going back down the court. Jamal broke him off on a, a really nice, I think he spun and then stepped back. It was a great move and it was a big, big momentum booster for Denver. And like it's just one of those things where when Jamal is going and when Jamal is feeling it, and he is fully engaged and at kind of maximum capacity, the rest of the team really does feed off of that. It always feels like Jamal, when he gets going, the team gets going. And sometimes Mike has this too, where 
you know that Jokic is going to be there. You mostly know that Jamal is going to be there. But when Mike gets going too, it's it's a wrap. I thought that tonight, Jamal, just the way that like Michael Malone said it best, he, he put the team on his back a little bit in that second half. And, and for him to be able to do that in a tough moment against Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson's on the floor too, providing help defense. That is impressive. That is just, it's one of those things that he wouldn't have been able to do earlier in the season. There were moments where he had the opportunity and just didn't really come through in those moments. But now I think he just has all of that confidence at Swagger back. He knows exactly what he's got to do in these situations and just absolutely kills it. It's been great. Uh, Michael Porter. And we'll, we'll get to Mike before we hit a break here. I could not believe when I looked at the box score that Mike had 26 points. It snuck up on me really quickly. And it's just one of those things where when the Nuggets are in the flow and when Jamal scores as loudly as he does, and then when Jokic sometimes when he's either scoring or facilitating and you see the cuts, you see the movement, it gets those guys free for baskets. I sort of forgot and sort of didn't realize that Michael Porter was having the game that he did. 26 points. 8 of 14 from the field, only 2 of 7 from 3, but that means that he went 6 of 7 from 2 and 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Those are big possessions, especially like playoff caliber buckets. There were some step backs. There were some pull-ups. There were some uh, rhythm jumpers. There were some non-rhythm jumpers. There were some drives. There was a bit of everything, and most especially, he got to the line and the big play that really ripped the top off the building in that fourth quarter was when they get out in transition. Jamal passes the ball up to Michael Porter in transition. He cans the three over Santi Aldama, gets fouled for the and one, and the top just came off of Ball Arena. It was crazy to be there. Uh, or was that – it might have been – that might have been Jokic's 10th assist. I, I, I might be misremembering that, but it was it could have been Jokic's 10th assist. It could have been Jamal. But either way, Mike hits that shot, gets to the line. Big, big deal. You, realize, you look up at the scoreboard at that point and realize there is a gap now. And the team just has all of the momentum. And Memphis, by the middle of the fourth quarter, just they, they didn't have anything left. They, they had spent all of their energy, and Denver was just still – pushing forward. And I think Michael Porter was a big reason for that. Him being able to get hot and get to the line. He had this massively acrobatic layup. And that was such a big, big layup to, I think he drove around uh, his defender. He, he drove to the rim and up and under and one on the layup and got bumped by Xavier Tillman. He avoided Jaron Jackson on the way by. And that's just one of those where, like, you can't teach that. He's 6'10", and he's hitting those up and unders, and, and he's now doing it with regularity. Even when he's crashing to the floor, even when it looks a little bit awkward, he's doing it all the time. And he's finishing those all the time. And that's such a big deal for this Nuggets team to have that third piece that, yeah, Jamal was – he was a little bit bothered tonight by Dylan Brooks. He had 22 points on 19 shots. That's not the efficiency you would want. And then Jokic only took 10 shots. So you need somebody else to step up. And lo and behold, Michael Porter leads the team with 26 points. And it never felt like it once. It never did. Like I think that Jokic had his moments at the beginning of the game. Murray had his moments in the second half. But Porter all throughout 
was that dude. And he also had a couple of great defensive possessions and grabbed eight rebounds. And it wasn't just the scoring. Plus 10 in a game tonight. And it just goes to show that Denver is a deep team and they hit you with so many different combinations and so many different ways that they are going to go through you, at you, over the top of you, and around you. Like It just feels like Denver, especially at home, is completely overwhelming. The last time Denver lost at home with Nikola Jokic on the floor was December 6th. We're going on three months. Three months? How insane is that? It's freaking nuts. Tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to go over... Uh, two other starters along with the bench and everything that went into that. But first, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Make 2023 the year you beat Vegas. Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms, nothing like that. No guys across the pond setting lines. Uh, for American sports, just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. Download the Superbook Sports app or visit the Superbook.com and visit uh, and start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure you give this a like if you are watching on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've seen some really great content go up there. Uh, Not just me for the Nugget side, but Anil and Cody, I think, recorded a really great Nugget segment that you should go check out that it featured Calvin Booth's discussions on the Nuggets. And then when he spoke to the media, I didn't really give that the time of day that it probably deserved. And Calvin Booth made some great points. So make sure to go check that out. And make sure to go check out the other sports too. There's there's a lot of great things going on right now. Obviously, the Broncos is very prevalent, but the Avs are like they're making their run. They're doing their thing. So make sure to go give this a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, Aaron Gordon. Let's talk about AG. Uh, this was probably like a, a mostly nondescript game for AG. He was there. He was involved. He switched out onto Jaw a couple times, switched onto Desmond Bain. But I think the real key came in the fourth quarter. Uh, actually, like right at the end of the third, where he comes in for Nikola Jokic. Uh, I'll, I'll go over Thomas Bryant in just a little bit, but AG came in and played the backup five. Uh, I had it marked as Jeff Green playing the backup five in my rotation chart because uh, when those guys play the on, on the floor next to Nikola Jokic, I have Jeff Green as the four and AG as the three. Uh, so obviously I have AG as the four and that and Jeff Green as the five, but really AG was the five. And and those guys were very interchangeable. And what it really did with that bench unit was made it an all-switch unit. It made everybody able to switch, even Reggie Jackson, who wasn't super involved with the switching. I, I saw more Jamal Murray switching, Bruce Brown switching, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. But all of those guys together were able to lock in on the defensive end and just amp it up when they needed to. And it was really cool to see. Aaron really led that charge in a lot of different ways. And even though he wasn't super involved in the box score tonight, 
only had 13 points on 5 of 10. Uh, did get to the line, made all three of his his, his free throws. That's great. Uh, five rebounds, three fouls, no steals, no blocks, no assists, actually. Very odd for, for AG to not have any assists, but was a plus 10. Uh, is that what it said? No, it was a plus 9. Uh, plus 9 tonight still, and, and like everybody on the team was a plus except for Thomas Bryant, and we'll get to him in just a little bit, but I, I really do think that Denver may have found something with this AG at the 5 lineup. There are going to be times where Denver doesn't want to go big, and maybe Zeke Naji doesn't come back in time, and maybe he isn't back for playing back up five minutes, or maybe he's just kind of out of the rotation and Denver won't really trust him. I think that AG at the five is going to be a really, really key lineup for the Nuggets to go to at various points when they face teams that are super small, where they have a lot of guards, especially with their second unit. AG will be a big part of that. He'll be able to switch onto those guys on offense and defense. And when he's on offense, AG can back those guys down and be in the post. Uh, there was a nice play. I think it was in the second half where AG cut to the rim and Jamal found him underneath the basket for a nice dunk. And and there are some of those plays that those guys can work together with. There were some plays AG setting screens for Jamal to try try to get him free a little bit. Denver hasn't really worked on that that often, but it's something that I think that they should explore. Obviously, they are trying to keep the mileage off of AG right now, so I'm not surprised that they haven't gone to it. Just know that I think it's in their back pocket. I think it's something that they will use if need be, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Rob says, AG came up huge as the small ball five. Really want to see Maul, BB, MPJ, Vlaco AG lineup in the playoffs. Spacing and switching could be really special there. I agree with you. I do think that there is room for Christian Brown in that lineup, too, in place of Michael Porter. Like, you have your three bench guys be Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Vlaco, and then have Maul and Aaron Gordon. Like, those would be good. That would be a pretty good lineup that can switch just about everything, and Christian Brown obviously would help there. Reggie, I don't know if he's going to play. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But for now, uh, let's talk about KCP who initially got the DPOG chain, Michael Malone said, but they decided to give it to, or he decided to hand it his off to Jamal, who really amped up the team and really kind of elevated the entire group with his uh, physicality and his intensity on both ends of the floor. But KCP, uh, Michael Michael Porter said some awesome things about KCP in the postgame. He said that he might be his favorite teammate he's ever played with, that he's the perfect role player that no matter how many shots he gets up, he's always going to give the same effort defensively. He can do more on the offensive end, but he does less because it helps out the team. And I love that. I think that KCP has just done such a great job of filling in exactly what the team needs. He's the perfect fifth piece for what that starting lineup is. There's nobody in the league that could do it better. I, I firmly believe that, by the way. Even if you go with a star, uh, you could you could change up. The other combinations for Denver, like maybe you you upgrade Jamal to like Steph Curry or somebody like that, but or you upgrade Aaron Gordon to Anthony Davis or Giannis Antetokounmpo or somebody like that. But what KCP does with this specific group, nobody in the league can do it better. Nobody. Because he is shooting 45% from three. He is guarding the opposing team's best guard. He switches. He blows up screens. He draws illegal screen fouls on the opposing team in clutch moments. He did one with about six minutes left in the game today. And for him to be able to do what he does on a consistent basis on a championship caliber team 
We've seen this before. You've seen it with the 2020 Lakers. I knew in my heart of hearts that KCP would be able to do this for the Nuggets. I saw it with my own two eyes and thought, I think that KCP can do this and he can be that 3 and D role player that the Nuggets need. And lo and behold, it has happened. So it's been great to see KCP take a bow. Like he, He's just awesome. There's, there's nobody better. All right. First half bench lineup for Denver. We'll go, we'll transition into the bench now. Reggie Jackson, Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and Thomas Bryant. Uh, Stefan, uh, any update on the uh, Thomas Bryant injury? No. Uh, he rolled his ankle pretty good, according to Michael Malone, but he said that it was possible that he could have gone back into the game. So I do think that Denver, if they needed Thomas Bryant, he could have gone back in. He was trying to work it on the sideline to get back in towards the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, but uh, it just it wasn't meant to be. Denver didn't need to go there. I'm actually glad that they didn't. They found a really interesting piece in AG to be at the five, and I think that that makes a lot of sense for the team. So uh, hopefully he is perfectly good to go uh, going forward, but Denver does have a couple days off, so hopefully they can let that swelling go down and see what the actual damage is. But Either way, first half bench lineup, Reggie Jackson, Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Thomas Bryant. This group was not very good. Uh, obviously, if you if you saw any of the tweets, I think that uh, there was a stretch where they were like 9-0 to run, hadn't scored since Jokic went off the floor. And it's one of those things where it, you just, it feels awkward because Jamal at that point wasn't doing the things that he was doing in the second half. Reggie played a horrible game in general. Uh, and then Thomas Bryant also, I, I don't think he played well. I think that there are some things where he's just so amped up trying to do some good things. And he just wasn't like he got one steal. And we'll talk about that in, here in just a bit. But in general, I think that Denver's second half bench lineup, which featured Reggie, Jamal, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and Aaron Gordon, was way better. As we mentioned in the Aaron Gordon part of this, he was very good, and it allowed them to switch. And Memphis, they just didn't have anybody that could really break down the defense and get free. There was one play that I remember where Desmond Bain got free off of a really impressive, like baseline out of like falling baseline out of bounds over a strong Jamal Murray contest in the mid range. And you're like, okay, you hit a nice tough mid range jumper. Now what? And there just wasn't a lot of now what from the from Memphis in that second half, and it was just like really great stuff from the bench in that in that particular point of it, because the first half was not good. Bruce Brown, twenty three minutes, fifteen points. He was one of those guys that he brought it tonight. He was up for the challenge, and what I liked most about Bruce tonight, there were only two times that I saw that he settled for the floater. He missed the first one that he took, made the second one that he took. The rest of the time, he was getting to the rack, and there was a big moment at the kind of the middle portion of the second quarter where Denver, they're going through their slog. They could not buy a bucket, and they were still, I think at that point, like 0 of 11 from 3 or something absurd, and the crowd was getting super antsy, and then Denver makes a play. They get a turnover in transition. KCP, I think it was, through this awesome alley-oop to Bruce Brown. And his athleticism, his ability and willingness to run, uh, that has made Denver more dangerous in general. Bruce Brown has finished on the break a bunch. He's done a great job getting out there, and he finishes up high over a bunch of people, finishes through contact. There was also, I think, a layup where 
he caught the the touchdown pass from Jokic at the end of the first quarter, where Jokic throws this ball the entire the entire length of the floor, and Bruce Brown catches it and lays it up, and it looked like he got fouled, and it led to a timeout for Memphis, but looked like he got fouled on that play, still finished through it. He's a weapon in transition because of his willingness to get out of there and and his willingness to look for that pass and and, and anticipate that that is going to be a thing. Uh, He does a great job with that. Hit a three tonight, had six rebounds, had a block. He blocked a three tonight that was really impressive in the corner. Uh, Just has a lot of these plays, these flashbulb plays where you can see the effort just dripping off of him. He is just doing a fantastic job of, of lifting up the team while he's out there. And, and I've been critical of Bruce. I, I don't think he's found his ultimate rhythm with the team over the course of, like, especially with the second unit over the course of this last week and a half. But I do think that he can do it. I do think that he's capable. And this Nuggets team, they need him to be successful. They need him to be at his best. There were moments tonight where when Jamal was off the floor after having staggered with the second unit, where Bruce was there with, as the point guard. He was there uh, towards the end of the second quarter and midway through the third quarter as the point guard on the floor. And those Nuggets lineups were very good. Those Nuggets lineups found success. That is a group with the four starters plus Bruce uh, and Jamal out that Denver can go to and will have to go to in the playoffs uh, a lot. Like that is going to be a thing where because they stagger Jamal, like that's going to have to happen. So Bruce being able to do that and being as versatile as he is, really, really big deal. He showed his value tonight for uh, for everything. It was great. Uh, Stefan, Jamal had nine assists tonight. Yeah, there are times where he didn't pass to Yoke, but I do think that he was a little bit amped up, especially in the first half. Second half, I think that he, he deserved like the shots that he took. So, Look, it, it is what it is. I, I I don't think that Jamal had a particularly great game, but he showed up exactly when it mattered, and that's that's the most important thing. Jeff Green, wow, <laughs> what a return for Jeff Green. I, he he hadn't been in the rotation. Vlaco's been in the rotation as the backup four, and and you know that Vlaco's probably going to be that guy going forward. But he's out tonight with a sprained wrist, had a splint on. Uh, Harrison said, and I think that. That'll probably be on for at least a couple more games now. We're, we're going to see what happens with Flacco. They're going to give him plenty of time to heal that for sure. Uh, but Jeff Green played 25 minutes tonight. That's crazy to me. He, he was out there for 25. And the way that he played, it wasn't good offensively. There were things that he could have improved upon. I don't think that he's a great fit in trying to uh, break down a defense like Memphis, that you need to. Like, he either needs to hit his threes or he needs to attack the rim a little bit more cleaner than he did. But tonight, the defense shone through. Defensively, Jeff Green was great. And I I very rarely say that, so this is a big deal. Jeff Green was great defensively. Three blocks tonight. Uh, One of those was this amazing chase down block in transition. It was a free set of points. For whoever was there, I don't remember if it was Desmond Bain, I don't remember if it was Tyus Jones, it was one of those two, but it was three points, and Jeff Green chases it down from half court on a dead sprint and saves those points for Denver. 
And it was such a big deal. Like, that changed the tenor of the game. That changed the energy of the building. And for him to be able to do that at his age is nuts. It is insane. And it wasn't it. Like, that wasn't the only thing that he did. He had a he had a nice block. I think it was against Jaw, if I'm not mistaken, where Jaw is driving at him and then throws up a left-handed layup and he deflects it with his right. Uh, and then there was another one that I don't remember, but... Three blocks tonight, had some really impressive rebounds in traffic tonight. Those are plays, and then, and then he's also switching onto guys, and I think he had a possession where he switched onto Jaw, didn't get the block on it, but uh, defended him really well. And, and those are the plays that you, you need to hit on those if you're going to win a championship. You absolutely have to. you got to get lucky sometimes. you got to be great on the details. Jeff Green tonight was great on the details, and that is not something that I've said about him a lot over the course of his time in Denver. Tonight, he was great, and he delivered exactly what the Nuggets needed. It was really cool to see because you, d- you just don't see that that often, and uh been very, very impressed with what Jeff's done. Um, and find a couple couple more here. Reggie Jackson, horrible game for Reggie. Just, just kind of the, not the polar opposite, because I do think that Reggie was, like he wanted to really help out in this game. He wanted to, uh, do well, but he ju- he just didn't. Uh, 19 minutes tonight, just one point off of one free throw. Uh, he was one of two from the line. I'm pretty sure I didn't mark that, but zero assists tonight. 0 of seven from the field. 0 of six from three. Not great. Not great. You you want to see him do better than what he did, but it, it just didn't feel like he provided anything for the team tonight, and, and that's okay. Like he he will have games where he provides more, but I thought that Reggie looked over his head out there. I think there are times, and this this would have been one of them, where the Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown trio might have been better. Reggie's going to shoot, and his spacing, even if he like, even if he misses those shots, the spacing is there where he is a threat, and people know that he's going to take those shots. They respect the name Reggie Jackson a lot. That when they see him on the court, they are going to like opponents are going to respect his jumper, and so he's got to be better at making like and punishing teams for that. Turned the ball over three times tonight, had a steal. Uh, it just wasn't a good night overall for Reggie. He will be better. Like, this is probably a low point for him, but uh, Denver's going to need him if they want to If they want to go with this two-point guard lineup that they're trying to do. They're trying to work in Reggie. They're trying to figure out exactly what they have with him. If they want to be able to trust that in the playoffs, they are going to need Reggie to just play better uh, because he gets lost on defense a lot, gets caught on screens a lot, and he also is kind of a space cadet when it comes to boxing out on defensive rebounds. So there's not a lot to like with Reggie on the defensive end, but the Nuggets were still able to hold Memphis to 97 while he was out there. And, and I think the big catalyst for that was the run that they had with that bench unit. So there are definitely things to like even while he was out there, and he didn't hurt it that much, but I do think that he he just needs to be better. There's no there's no way around that. And finally, Thomas Bryant. Six minutes tonight. I do think that Denver can be better. I think that Thomas can be better. He did roll his ankle tonight towards the end of that stint. Uh, he had been battling with Jaron Jackson for the previous two minutes or so and was doing a whole heck of a lot battling in the paint against Jaron, uh, who, who is now like a big dude. At one point, Jaron Jackson was more of a, a skinny big man, not necessarily like he was probably closer to Michael Porter's body type. Now he's closer to 
Serge Ibaka or somebody like that. And uh, the way that Jaron Jackson battles now, he's got that grown man strength. Thomas Bryant, he battled him to it, but he was he was uh, having trouble with it. He was he drew a couple fouls. There was one that was very loud that uh, probably could have been called a foul against Jaron that wasn't called, and that there were probably some fouls against Thomas Bryant that that could have been called. But I do think that in general, Denver needs more from that position. I'm glad that they were able to get to the Aaron Gordon minutes at the five because I think those showed a lot for what a playoffs could be. But Thomas, like, I just have been disappointed in general. There were some possessions tonight where he just didn't look ready for the moment. And you can, like, always his heart is in the right place. There's no no doubt about that in my mind. He was fighting tooth and claw. And the reason why he got hurt tonight was because he was busting his butt. And he was just working so hard against Jaron Jackson. So hopefully it's not a long-term thing. Hopefully he's good after this. But uh, he'll get a couple days off, and hopefully he is back on the court. But if Zeke Nagy is still out and Thomas Bryant is also out, you might see more DeAndre Jordan in the in the rotation over the course of these next couple of games. Obviously not as important in terms of minutes as, as they were previously, but like this was Denver's last important game until basically Milwaukee on March 25th. So we will talk about all of that on the other side. This was a great win, objectively a great win for a number of reasons, and I am really, really excited for what this means for the Nuggets for the rest of the year because it gives them so much more flexibility, and we'll talk about why on the other side of this break. We will be right back. segment pick action roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love make sure to give this a like on the youtube side and make sure if you are on the podcast side to rate review and subscribe to the program over there i could use a review uh, i haven't had a review come through on apple podcast in over a month now and would love to see one of those come through just to know that everybody is happy with the pod and i think everybody is but i really do appreciate it when those come through the program uh, all right, Denver Nuggets, 45-19 and 19 record. Let that sit for a second. Through 64 games, the Nuggets are 45-19. and 19. The Nuggets last year finished 48-34. and 34. They had three more wins, and Denver still has 18 more games to go. Still got a lot. Still got a lot of flexibility here. There are ways that they can... Like even reach 60 if they wanted to. Like they'd have to go, I think, 15 and 3 to end the season, but they could do it. There's no doubt about it. They've got Milwaukee at home, Phoenix, or yeah, they've got a Philly at home, they've got New Orleans at home, they've got a lot of these other tough matchups at home. But if they if they wanted to, they could go for it. They could go for the franchise record if they so chose, but I don't think that they are going to. I think that they are probably going to now rest a little bit. And here is why. Uh, obviously, 29-4 and four record at home, 16-15 and 15 on the road. Got to make sure that that road record is positive. I do think that that is something that's important going forward. 
Uh, but the real reason why the Nuggets can relax a little bit now is the magic numbers. I do this every time now. I want to make sure that everybody knows what's going on. Denver's magic number for a top four seed is eight with 18 games to go. That is in the bag. Like Denver, if they go eight and 10 the rest of the way, they still have a top four seed guaranteed. What's not fully in the bag is top of the West, which is now 13. The magic number for that is a combined number 13, whether that is Nuggets wins or Memphis losses or now Sacramento losses. Sacramento is now tied into that because Denver got this tiebreaker with Memphis. Memphis is now like Denver's 45 and 19. Memphis is 38 and 24, as you see here. Uh, But Sacramento's 37 and 25. But Denver doesn't have the tiebreaker over Sacramento. They have it over Memphis. So even if Denver's tied with Memphis at the end of the season, they will win. So Memphis has to pass them in the standings in order to do that. So that's why Denver's magic number is the way that it is right now. Uh, I think that Denver is going to clinch that, and they might even clinch it by themselves. They don't need anybody's help, but the more that other teams lose, the more that Denver has that magic number reduced. So they don't need a whole heck of a lot. Like if Memphis, like they're 38 and 24 right now, which means they have, what, 20 games left to go. If they go 18 and 2, then Denver only has to win 11 more games out of their 19 or out of their 18. So I don't think that Memphis is going to go 18 and 2. I think they'll probably go like 13 and 7, 14 and 6. So if they go 14 and 6, then Denver's magic number, they only have to win seven more games out of their 18. That's crazy. So what this win means for Denver and why it is so big is that they don't have to stress anymore. They do not have to go balls to the wall in order to get that one seed. They are going to get it. It is all but in the bag. And that's a really, really exciting place to be. Uh, Looking at the rest of these playoffs, obviously these are going to shift just with how condensed everything is. Memphis is now 38 and 24, Sacramento 37 and 25. But Phoenix has won a lot of games in a row. So is Golden State. Phoenix is now the four. Golden State's the five. Those if if those are the teams that match up in the four or five, then that is a war, like Steph versus KD in a lot of different ways. But Denver would have to play one of those teams in the second round if they got through. So Denver's going to have to monitor the standings. They're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to see in that play-in tournament, as I've got it scrolling across the screen, we've got Minnesota at seven, the Clippers at eight, Utah at nine, New Orleans at ten. Denver can and will beat all of those teams in the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Maybe the Lakers sneak in. I don't really believe that they will, but if they do, uh, then Denver could potentially have to face the Lakers in the first round, and that we'd have all those horrible narratives that have popped up over the course of these last few days. But uh, I think that Denver is pretty well positioned, where they can monitor the teams in the play-in tournament, they can monitor the teams in the 4-5, and then after that, whoever makes it to the Western Conference Finals opposite of them, if Denver's lucky enough to make it there, then Denver will just have to game plan for that when it is. But I think that if it's Memphis, then Denver feels pretty good. They have held Memphis to under 100 in both of the meetings here in Denver. It's a big deal. I don't think that Denver is scared of Sacramento in any way, shape, or form. They know that when they're at their best, they have like the upgraded version of what Sacramento is. 
Sacramento's had a great run. I root for them to get to the Western Conference Finals because it would be super cool for the NBA and for the Kings franchise if they didn't just make it to the playoffs, but they made it to the Conference Finals. That would be dope. But I do think that they are not a favorite to do so by any stretch of the word. So we will see if these are the ultimate standings that play out. But one thing that we do know is that the Western Conference will go through Denver, Colorado if all is said and done. Denver is going to be the home of the one seed. Denver is going to be the team, like the Nuggets are going to be the team, where you have to beat them at home at least once in order to win a series against them. And right now with Denver being 29-4, and I just mentioned that the Nuggets have not lost at home with Jokic since December 6th. It's been three months now. Uh, they have so much confidence in this building, so much in themselves, that they don't necessarily have to be awesome on the road in the playoffs in order to win a title. If they keep winning at home, if they keep doing exactly what they need to do and just winning the games that they're supposed to win, then they're going to be just fine. Like If they win half of the games that they play in the playoffs on the road and then win all of the games that they play at home, they're going to win. They're going to do crazy things. But that's, I think, the point that every Nuggets fan needs to get through their heads right now. This will be the first time that Denver finishes as the one seed, I think, in their entire history. It's the first time that they will be a major, not a major, but like a, a favorite to get to the finals. I don't know if they're going to be favored in a series against Phoenix, but against everybody else, I think they're clearly the favorites right now. They've played the most consistently of everybody, and this is their reward. The 29-4 and record that they have amassed at home is going to be featured. It's going to be a big part of the narrative for this playoff race. They don't need to do anything crazy. They've just got to play at home and defend home court. And if you can steal a game three, if you can steal a game six, whatever, one of those in those away arenas arenas will be great. But that's all you got to do. You don't have to do anything wild. Just defend your home court. And the Nuggets have proved that over and over and over again. Tonight, the Nuggets also proved on national TV that when the going gets tough, they can still win. They've proven that in the past. They've had that resiliency uh, identity. That was one of their, I think that was the buzzword that I used for their 2020 run. Because every single time you punch them, every single time you thought you had Denver, they had you back. And it was the 3-1 comebacks. It was anytime Denver got down in a half, they were able to kind of pull games out. They were able to figure it out. Denver has one of the better records in the entire NBA when they are trailing in the fourth quarter or trailing going into the second half. They have the resiliency and the fight to be able to come back in those moments. And they know what they have to do in those moments too. It's lock it on the defensive end. And it's one of the reasons why through, I think, like six minutes, seven minutes in the fourth quarter tonight, Memphis only had six points. They're not scoring anything. And it's not like Denver's putting out their best awesome defensive lineup out, out, out there. Like they had Jeff Green out there. They had Reggie Jackson out there. Jamal Murray locked in defensively. All of those guys know, though, they know exactly what where, uh, where their bread is buttered. 
They know exactly what they have to do. They can't just be an offensive team, especially when it comes to a playoff mentality. This is why I believe in Denver. I think that they have the switch. I think that they have the gear that you're hoping for them to get to consistently when they're at home, especially. But even when they're on the road, they know that they have to do various things. It's just kind of harder for them to do. I think that they have a switch, especially at home, where you can lock in on the defensive end, defend your butt off, do everything you need to do to get out in transition and make the offensive end as easy for you as possible. But they also just trust Jamal. They trust Nicola. They trust Michael Porter. They trust the offense. They know that if they run the stuff that they've been running all the time, they've got guys that can make tough shots, and they've also got guys that can make the easy ones. And even if the shots weren't dropping in the first half tonight, Denver still powered through. And for them to do it against the second best team in the West, record-wise, on national TV, in a game that really decided clinching scenarios for the head-to-head battle, this was a big, big deal. And I feel very strongly about Denver's chances going forward. Like they'll, they'll run into the Suns. They'll run into the Warriors. There will be matchups that are harder for them. But it's not like Memphis wasn't hard. It's not like they they like they were a very solid team. They they defended their butts off Memphis did. Especially in the first three quarters. It looked like they had Denver's number. And then you look up at the end of the third quarter and the score is tied. Because Denver just comes at you in waves. And even when you feel like you have them, you don't. That's what Jokic does. That's what Murray does. That's why Kate, uh, Michael Porter's crazy 26 points when it didn't even feel like it. That is why that was such a big deal too. It is just really fun to be able to root for this team, to be able to cover this team, to be able to see the growth that they had. It was really, really cool. Um, Rob says, Nuggets understand winning time as well as I've seen. I agree, Rob. I think that's a great point. Uh, Michael asks, can you get Jokic to shoot more and be more aggressive? It's so frustrating. Your point guard shouldn't be shooting twice as much. I'm not sure I agree. I I feel like Jokic did exactly what the team needed him to do. Are there times where you want him to shoot a little bit more? Yes. Is it more important for Denver to put themselves into a better position where Jokic doesn't have to do everything, where he can invest himself on the defensive end and do everything that he needs to do on that end? in order to be the best version of himself that he can be. Yeah, if they needed more Jokic buckets, then they would have gotten them. I think if Denver wasn't running on full cylinders by the time that Jokic came back into the game, then he probably would have been more aggressive as a scorer. I I do think that. But I think he saw that Murray was playing well. I think he saw that they were running great offense and could get MPJ the ball. I think he saw that Jeff Green was playing well. And he saw that all these guys were really setting the table well. But in general, I think that he just trusts Jamal a lot. And I trust Jamal a lot. Even when Jamal isn't playing well, you go through that. You go you, you go through your bread and butter. You know that Jokic is the first option, but Murray is the second option. And sometimes he's the first option. Like There's a tough matchup for Jokic. Like, there, are, there are a lot of possessions today where he... Uh, where Jokic was being like he was facing a whole bunch of resistance at the at the rim, and Jaron Jackson was coming over, Dylan Brooks was crashing into the paint, John Morant was kind of trying to jump into the atmosphere to try to block his shot. There was a lot of that, 
I think that the Nuggets have a great balance. I actually talked to somebody today at the arena, a, a crazy, he wanted me to refer to him as a crazy fan. And he said, is it possible that all five of Denver's starters could average 15 points a night in the playoffs? Like Jokic could average 15, Murray could average 15, Porter could average 15, uh, KCP 15 himself. I, I think that that's probably underselling what Denver would need from those starters in general. But the fact that they have the capability with all of those guys taking shots is awesome. And I think that Jokic doing what he needed to do as a facilitator, as a rebounder, as a defender, he didn't need to take the offense over. He didn't need to shoot as many as, as many times as you guys probably wanted him to. And I'm just not really worried about it. Like, I think when Jokic needs to shoot, he'll shoot. When he needs to pass, he'll pass. When he needs to rebound, he'll rebound. Michael Malone had a great quote. He said he doesn't fight the game. I don't think there were a lot of possessions tonight where Jokic should have taken a contested two, where he should have taken certain possessions. I think maybe there are some pick-and-pop twos that he probably could have taken, maybe some pick-and-pop threes. But in general, I think that the most important thing that he could do is keep the ball moving and make sure the, the ball was hot when it found whoever was open. And that is exactly what happened tonight. And honestly, we're probably not even having this conversation if Denver doesn't shoot, what, 8 of 31 from 3 or whatever they shot? Yeah, 8 of 31, 25%. Like, they're they're doing okay. I promise. I promise. They proved a lot tonight. I think they won over some people tonight. And the most important thing in my mind is that they win themselves over, that they believe in who they are. And I think that they do. I think they believe in exactly who they are. And it is really exciting to see them continue to push the envelope in an impressive way. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, it is 123 in the morning. The Nuggets are locking in. You know exactly what you're going to get from them now, especially at home. You're going to get an awesome performance. Maybe they'll kind of wish-wash a little bit, but in the end, you know you're going to get a W. That's all that matters from your team. Should be really good, folks. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to hit that like button on the way out. Really appreciate all the love and support. Uh, have some comments and share share this out if you're, if you're interested. That would really help me out for sure. Everybody, uh, thank you so much for hopping in. Talk to you guys soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.